Hi, I'm Jeff Ray, your host for Economic Outlook. Welcome to our show, where each week we take a deep dive into the regional economy and the people, the companies, the communities, and the projects that are helping our region grow. In 2012, the Indiana Chamber launched its Indiana Vision 2025 plan, aimed at ensuring the state grows as it should, attracts new residents and businesses, and competes with other states. We'll take a closer look at the progress towards that plan with the 2021 scorecard coming up on Economic Outlook. Some plans sit on a shelf, others become an active part of the day-to-day -day activity of an organization. The latter is true of the Indiana Vision 2025 program, an Indiana Chamber initiative that has driven policy action to help improve the state of Indiana performance on a variety of key metrics. Each year, the Chamber reports back on the state's progress toward those goals. Today, we're going to take a closer look at the state progress, as well as how things look in our region. Joining me for that conversation is Adam Berry, the Vice President of Economic Development and Technology at the Indiana Chamber of Commerce. Just one other note before we get started here at WNIT, we're respecting social distancing and as such have both our host and our guests joining us today virtually instead of in person. Adam, welcome. Glad to have you back today. Hey, I'm, I'm thrilled to be here, Jeff. It's uh, unfortunate I, I'm not in South Bend. I always love the opportunity to, to come up and, and catch a Cubs game, especially. Yeah, well, we love having you up here and we'll look forward as uh, things are getting back to normal and to, and to having you come up and, and visit. We got some, some good things happening. And, and, and Adam, we've had you on before and we're thrilled to have you back uh, this year. We, we, we've been fans of this Indiana Vision 2025, the, the fact that you've you know, kind of laid out a roadmap of, 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 for Indiana over the next several years. It's hard to believe we're nine years uh, into it now. So, but for our viewers who maybe aren't familiar, don't remember our previous conversation, can you help remind them a little bit about what the Indiana Vision 2025 plan is? Sure, so at a very high level, uh, Indiana Vision 2025 is sort of the second iteration of the Chamber's economic development playbook, if you will. So uh, there was the Indiana Vision 2010, uh, and then as that sort of started to come to its expiration date, uh, a, a statewide task force of economic development leaders uh, and stakeholders came together and drafted Indiana Vision 2025, which was published uh, about a decade ago, uh, really with the idea of what, what steps or goals, if you will, should Indiana strive to achieve in order to uh, ensure its economic progress and really the prosperity for, for Hoosiers. Great. So Adam, when I think about plans, uh, sometimes, you know, some of them I, I teased in the open, some of them sit on a shelf and, and some of them become very active. You know, talk just generally about your, um, you know, how you've integrated this into your, uh, the daily work of the United Chamber, that, it, that it's a very active, living, breathing plan. Uh, tell us about how you've done that. Yes. Yeah, so, well, just personal background. I, uh, when I worked on Governor Pence's uh, campaign and then in his office, we had a copy of the Indiana Vision 2025 plan and the report cards sitting on our desk. We really relied on, on this as a framework for what was the campaign agenda, parts of it, uh, as well as his, his governing agenda. And really, when it comes to my day-to-day -day work at the Chamber today, really the, the goals and the, uh, really the metrics are used by not just myself, but by our policy uh, policy committees, uh, where we, we, we developed our legislative business issues, which really sort of established the outline or the framework for 
the, the initiatives that we take over to the state house. Uh, but at the end of the day, really everything is sort of looked through the lens of the Indiana Vision 2025 plan. And the report cards are important to measure the progress and where we're not making sufficient progress. Well, then we need to decide, okay, well then how can we address that? Do we need to pursue legislative action, administrative action, or talk to the governor's office about an executive order? Uh, so really it is, it is our playbook. It's what we use daily uh, to really frame our lobbying efforts at the chamber. Great. Adam, one more question before we get into the actual data piece. So obviously, when you were looking into your crystal ball almost a, a decade ago, um, nowhere did it reveal that a global pandemic might occur and, and potentially devastate the economy, at least for a, a short period of time. How do you adjust um, when when something like that um, you know, comes along? It, it generally, ha ha has the pandemic impacted things significantly, or will we see it impact it significantly down the road? I have to believe that we will. Um, what, what's, what's nice about this report card, uh, even though it's being published in 2021, much of the data that is captured uh, was, is from 2019. It's just the most recently available data. It's 2019 that was published in reports in 2020 and 2021 that we're using. Um, now, it's, this is a great opportunity to plug what our new initiative at the chamber, which is accelerating Indiana Vision 2025 plus, which is an initiative looking at the third iteration of the plan, which by, by, its, by its very timing has no choice but to account for the global pandemic, the impact on, on the state and how that's gonna skew the data that we've been looking at for the last 10 years. Uh, so fortunately for our conversation today, we don't have to adjust so much for the pandemic, but going forward, it certainly has to be taken into account. Great. All right, Adam, thanks. So I'd like to dive a little bit more into the details. And when I think a little bit about the, the I think of my own report card experience, sometimes I was pretty excited to uh, share them with my parents and others, and sometimes I wasn't as excited uh, about it. So so you, you're, you've got the first uh, look here at the report card. Is this something that we'd be excited to, to, to share with our parents and other folks? Well, there's an old saying that you can make data say whatever you want it to. Uh, and so I'm, I'm gonna give you a two-part answer. On the one hand, there are things that you can find negative about the report card, but on the other, uh, you know, it's not, maybe not be as necessarily bleak as it might first appear. So for example, when you look at just Indiana's rankings, you know, how Indiana compares against the other 49 states, we actually decreased uh, our, the number of rankings compared to 2019. So we dropped in more rankings than we increased compared to the 2019 report card. Not only that, we declined at a steeper rate. So where we declined, where our rankings declined, we declined on an average of 6.1 spots. Our improved rankings was only 3.6 spots. So from that perspective, not only did we decline in more areas and more rankings than we improved, but we declined at a steeper rate. But as I said, it's not maybe not as bleak as what it might first appear because when you look at the raw scores, so just comparing Indiana to itself, we actually, our raw scores improved in 31 metrics and declined in 20 metrics. And why that's important is because just throw out how Indiana compares to the other 49 states and compare, uh, throw out how, you know, how we fare against the national average on these, on these rankings. The fact that we 
our raw scores in, improved in 31 metrics compared to 20 shows it, it, it's evidence that we are making incremental progress as a state on the issues and on the metrics that matter most. So, so back to thinking about my parents, I might highlight, you know, kind of that I did well in math or science, whatever. So, so talk, let's spend a little time talking about uh, some of those categories where Indiana uh, either made significant progress or traditionally has done very well. What are, what are the things that, that our viewers and Hoosiers uh, should be most proud of uh, in terms of the progress that's being made? Sure. So two things stand out. First, it's our increase from 87% or 86% of the population to 93% of the population who have access to high-speed broadband. And what makes this 7% increase even more impressive is that the national average declined by 0.5% because of the way that the FCC defines high-speed broadband. Now, only less than 85% of our population has actually adopted high-speed broadband, uh, but it just goes to show the investment by our, by our uh, internet service providers and uh, buy-in at the state level is starting to pay dividends. Now, the pandemic sort of uh, showed the disparities and who has access and who doesn't. So that's something that we need to, to address, and especially who can afford high-speed broadband. I'd say another area to point out uh, is the jump in our portion of adult population who have uh, at least an associate's degree or high quality industry credential. Now, Indiana ranks 37th in, in, in the nation in terms of you know, what portion of, of the state has, has at least a high, high industry uh, recognized credential, but this is, we, we've seen a 20% jump over the last four years in this area and a 40% jump in the last decade. And if we just add, so we're at 48.3% of Hoosiers who have at least an associate's degree or high, high quality credential. If we just add 5%, uh, we'll move into the top 20. And if we achieve our goal of 60% of Hoosiers who have an associate's degree or high quality credential, we would be number third and we would be number three in the country. And, and there's plenty of evidence to show that uh, there are more institutions, more organizations getting into this idea of supplying and awarding uh, industry credentials. There's been a 500% increase in the number of, of credentials and certificates that have been awarded over the last decade, and that number is just continuing to grow. Great, and that has to be welcome news for employers in particular who are looking for workers who have, have a certain skill level, and I, I think it, it, I appreciate hearing kind of good updates like that. Yeah, and to answer the second part of your question, maybe where we're not faring so well, which directly ties into this idea of, of uh, professional credentials is per capita income. Despite our state increasing uh, our you know, net per capita income, we still rank in the bottom 10 of states, bottom 10 of the states uh, in just raw number per, per, per capita income. And when you adjust it for cost of living, it just moves us into the middle of the pack. And we're just not moving further fast enough in, in that area. And then probably the most disappointing or surprising aspect or, or uh, finding the report card is that we went um, from fifth to uh, mid 20s, 26 in terms of net job uh, employment or net, net jobs gained at firms that are six years old and older. So we, what this shows is that our older firms of which by the way, we have far more firms 
that are 16 years old and older than we do firms that are zero to five years old. What this shows is that our older firms are just not creating enough jobs fast enough. Uh, and then when you tie that in with our perennially poor rankings in terms of total jobs, uh, total employment at younger firms and our uh, inability to you know, spur entrepreneur, entrepreneurism and new business creation, it just adds up for uh, to, to a daunting, daunting uh, task that the state has ahead to continue providing high quality jobs. Great. So, so Adam, I want to dive in, like, uh, uh, just to maybe on a few more details. Initially, when the plan came out, uh, you know, kind of, I would call it four main categories, you know, with infrastructure and business climate and talent and dynamic and creative culture and stuff. So, so maybe we maybe dissect a, a few of those a little bit. And and and, and let me ask about infrastructure, for example, because it's gaining a lot of attention, uh, especially nationally. There's this conversation about uh, um, uh, doing a national infrastructure bill that would pump more dollars in to make improvements. How, how, how is Indiana doing on the infrastructure side? Right, so uh, Governor Holcomb's administration has prioritized uh, our roads and bridges and investment in our roads and bridges. And this year in our report card, uh, we've, we've adjusted the state road spending metric so instead of just looking in terms of raw dollars, how much we're throwing it at, at our roads and our, and our bridges, we cost adjusted that for actually what it, how much money it costs to build a lane mile, right? And so we just wanna show, and the point of the metric is to show is Indiana with its, with its investment, getting a good bang for its buck. And, and uh, certainly uh, it has proved that out. So, um, you know, Indiana, Look, we're the crossroads of America, still my favorite uh, license plate, by the way. Um, and so we have a never ending list of road uh, projects uh, in the state, you know, um, especially in, in, in Northern Indiana. Um, so with a never ending list of, of highway and bridge projects, more money is necessary, both at the state and federal level, but taking a snapshot, looking at where we are today, uh, it shows that not only are we investing more in our infrastructure, but also uh, the money is being spent relatively wisely. Great. So top of mind of, of employers in particular is, uh, is back to talent. You kind of touched a little bit on, on, on some of the metrics in terms of developing the talent, but I, but I think, you know, maybe two things, uh, um, not only developing the talent we have here, but attracting, you know, the talent, you know, from outside. So, so um, uh, talent obviously was one of the, the four, you know, core areas. How are we doing on the, on the talent side there? So I would say that the metric to look at there is what is our net in migration into the state? And this falls under the dynamic and creative culture driver. And what the report card shows is that Indiana was one of 23 states who actually had a positive net in migration. Uh, the only state in the med Midwest besides Tennessee uh, that actually had a positive uh, inflow of, of residents and population. And I would say, and you know, we had the forum today and we've had multiple forums. Uh, it always comes up, you know, what is Indiana doing? How are we addressing this talent shortage in the state? And I think that the main, uh, the main um, initiative we can point to is, came out of this year's legislative session with the $500 million investment in the READY program. Uh, 
which is sort of a regional cities 2.0, um, which Seppin was beneficiary of. And it's, it's just, what can we do? What can our regions do? What can our communities do to come together, collaborate, and identify quality of place, quality of life initiatives, programs that are gonna make the regions themselves attractive to uh, individuals and businesses from outside of the state. So, um, you know, it's, it's great that we're adding a population, which has not always been the case. Uh, we've reported in our, in our previous report cards, but uh, we're taking steps in the right direction in that area as well. Great. You mentioned the General Assembly, so I'm going to divert here for just, just a quick second. Other, and, and obviously we're really excited about READY and what that could mean, uh, you know, for our region. Are, are there, were there other major wins this year that you think help, they either were part of your agenda and help us, you know, do better on, you know, future report cards or, you know, what were some other, you know, key, key things that came out of this session that will help us in the future? Well, so a lot was made of the uh, the investment in, in teacher pay and in, in K through 12 education. I mean, 51% of our budget uh, is K through 12 education. I would argue that you, while the, while you have to look at teacher pay, uh, you know, admittedly we 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 do fall short. I think we're mid 30s in terms of our teacher pay, uh, uh, mid 30s in, in state rankings. Um, it's not in the report card, but we also have to look at, are we really approaching solving this problem of, of K through 12 education the right way with 289 school districts in our state? Is there an opportunity to consolidate and invest in uh, invest in the student, make sure there's a lot of money um, being, being, um, being used in, in the most effective way? Broadband received a $250 million infusion, uh, which as I mentioned before, uh, we've made significant progress in broadband, but there's still plenty, uh, plenty that we need to, plenty that we need to um, uh, make sure that everyone has an opportunity to access uh, and adopt high-speed broadband. Uh, my boss, Kevin Brenner, would say, while there were great strides made in this year's General Assembly, thanks in large part to $3 billion of found money, I guess you could call it, from the federal government, uh, he likes to point out that we did not achieve some of the uh, some of our agenda items, namely work share and also increasing the cigarette tax uh, to, to we, we propose a two dollar increase. And we we're going to talk a little bit about the regional metrics, but smoking in the state is a huge issue. Um, you know, it, it costs employers six and a half billion dollars in terms of lost uh, lost uh, productivity. Uh, and so and healthcare costs. And um, so I, I think that, you know, the more we can address our health issues and our health metrics, a lot, a lot of the other agenda items of the chamber uh, and uh, metrics that we evaluate in the report card will, will improve as well. I think a great point there, Adam, and I, I remember obviously from previous scorecards and this that especially on the health side that that Indiana traditionally hasn't stacked up as well. And and again, you you reminded us that it's a six billion dollar expense. And, and and help just help me clarify that. So that's suggesting it's six billion dollars more than we would pay if we were just average. Is that right? Or something like that? Or help us quantify what you mean by so, the So smoking. So because uh, the, the impacts of our smoking population to our employers. Now, every state 
it's not as if we're going to have a 0% smoking population. That's never going to happen. But because we have so many people in the state who smoke, the impact of businesses in terms of uh, health insurance premiums, um, the increase in, in costs uh, that uh, hospitals charge, um, that all, all uh, paid for in large part by the employer uh, and the employer paying for health, health insurance premiums. Lost productivity, I mean, think about how many uh, smoking breaks people take and the time spent outside chit-chatting instead of at the desk working. The time that uh, folks have to take off, uh, whether it's because uh, of a short-term illness or, they, uh, or because of cancer or whatever the case may be, all of that, all of that adds up uh, to a cost that's uh, incurred by, by the employer. Uh, and that total is six and a half billion dollars, uh, which uh, when you have a state ranking of 40th, uh, the 40th worst state uh, in terms of smoking, uh, one can deduce that other states don't, and other empo employers in other states don't incur such a, such a significant cost. Okay, thank you. Uh, Sartan, we're, uh, a lot to cover here, and I really apologize. So in our last couple of minutes here, though, let's get to regional. So what are some things that, you know, obviously the, the health of the overall state, each of us regionally can do what we can to help the state, you know, achieve these metrics. How are we doing on some of those key regional metrics? Yeah, so <clears throat> you asked a previous question about uh, sort of looking at a driver and dissecting it. Well, uh, the our attractive business climate driver, I, I like to say, is is it is uh, it's really tells two uh, different but equally compelling stories, uh, and the same can be said uh, about the the north central region of of the state. And when I talk about the north central region, what we did is looked at uh, we broke up our regional metrics into how the uh, Department of Workforce Development uh, breaks up its regions. So we're looking at um, the five county area of St. Joseph, Marshall, Elkhart, and Fulton and Kosciuszko County. Um, and what we see is that this, this region has made significant progress in a lot of important metrics. Um, you, you, you've increased high school graduation rate from 82% to 91%. Uh, the portion of your population with an associate's degree has increased from 32% to 35%. Uh, bachelor's degrees has in, in, improved from 24 to 25%. Uh, and the portion of your population with science and engineering degrees has also uh, improved significantly. But then there's the flip side of, of the coin, which um, really comes down to state metrics. And, and the North Central region is, is not alone here. Um, but what we, what we found is that um, you know, the, the smoking rate has increased in your region from 20% to 22%. Uh, the obesity rate has increased from 335 to 35%. Uh, and, and unfortunately, the drug deaths um, have also ticked up slightly uh, from 18 0.8 uh, drug deaths per 100,000 uh, population, right, um, to just over 19. So, uh, whereas those are contrary, well, the drug deaths anyway, contrary to what the state has seen, the state as a whole has decreased slightly in its smoking rate, um, increased uh, significantly in its obesity rate, and decreased uh, in, in the drug deaths. So, um, there's a lot, but there's, you know, 
again, the, the North Central region is making progress. Uh, your per capita increase, your per capita income is increased. Uh, you have fewer um, fewer adults that have less than a high school diploma, uh, and you have um, significantly fewer uh, residents who are living in poverty. So uh, there is there is progress that the North Central region is making, and kudos uh, to to everyone in your community. I mean, everyone has a role to play. Um, so there's a lot, there's, there's a lot of positive, uh, and even where it's, you know, declining, um, you're not, you're not declining at a, at a huge rate with, with one exception. And I'll, 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 I'll stop and turn it back over is, um, you mentioned talent before, um, the, the region itself continues to lose population. Uh, so it, it'll be, it'll be important to, as the ready grants program, ready grant program comes online to really identify opportunities and strengths in the region and invest in those strengths and, uh, and quite frankly, market your region. I, I, I mentioned at the top, I love the opportunity to come up to South Bend. I love South Bend. Um, there's a lot, a lot to sell, uh, and not just South Bend, of course, but, uh, the region itself is phenomenal and, uh, with with the infrastructure and making it easier to get to South Bend, I think uh, there's a, there's a huge opportunity uh, for significant growth in your region. Great, well, Adam. We appreciate the chance to hear from you today and, and get a little update in our, in our last few seconds here. Remind folks that want to find out more about Vision 2025 and and the regional scorecard. Where would we send them? You visit the Indiana Chamber website, uh, and I, I don't have the exact URL, but uh, just. You can just use Google, uh, Google Indiana Chamber Vision 2025, and it'll be the top link. Uh, you'll find uh, not only the Indiana Vision 2025 plan, but you'll find this year's report card, summaries of both of those, as well as previous, previous report cards. Great. Well, thank you, Adam. It's always great to have you. We look forward to having you back next year for another great update. Jeff, thank you for having me. That's it for our show today. Thank you for watching on WNIT or listening to our podcast. To watch this episode again and any of our past episodes, you can find Economic Outlook at WNIT.org or find our podcast on most major podcast platforms. We also encourage you to like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. I'm Jeff Ray. I'll see you next week. This WNIT local production has been made possible in part by viewers like you. Thank you.